0: On this week's episode, Star Wars goes rogue with Andor, GTA has some leaks, and it's part one of our fall movie preview. All this and more as we reach for our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. Multiverse, if I can say that correctly. This is Gerald Glass from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports, Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listen all of our shows, and if you can, please give us that five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do whatever it is that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source inside sports fantasy football and the lakers fast break also the tremendous goings on right there for you at pop culture cosmos on facebook where you can catch so much action including our 100th episode of the demolition force the awesome games on the weekend run by our dm mitch friday saturday and sunday he does absolutely a great job and need <laughs> at least i not forget of course vampires and vite Go ahead and check out Vampires and Vitae wherever you get your podcasts, plus as part of the lineup of the number one tabletop RPG streamer that's out there on Facebook, plus Wild Beyond the Wishlight, part of the Wizards and Wine Emporium right there for you at Pop Culture Cosmos. And if you could support all that, plus our great stuff that we do at popculturecosmos.com, YouTube, Twitch, wherever we're at, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my returning good friend. She is the evil mastermind behind so much of what we do here at Pop Culture Cosmos, including Vampires and Vitae, also as well Wild Beyond the Witchlight, and so much more. It is my good friend. It is Melinda Barkhouse-Ross. And Melinda, great to have you back in the hot seat once again, speaking to me about what's going on in pop culture. So good to be back. Absolutely. Great to have you back. Thank you again to your husband, Robbie. He filled in very admirably. And I've actually got some good news for him on this show because he was very concerned about Star Wars Andor. So I've got some good news for him and for everybody out there who hasn't caught the first three episodes I have on Disney+. And I'll tell you all about Star Wars Andor and my thoughts on it coming up here in a sec. Plus, also as well, we're going to be talking about poor Rockstar. Now, I really can't say that too much because, gosh, they only have sold over 100 million copies of GTA V. But in development is the next Grand Theft Auto, GTA Six, whatever you want to call it. Some items, that, some screenshots, some gameplay footage. Well, that leaked out onto the internet this past weekend. We'll tell you if that's a big bummer for everyone out there and why it is still going to go ahead and be a great game coming up for the folks who love GTA. That's coming up in a bit. Plus also as well, we'll be talking about Reboot on Hulu. Do we want to get rebooted on Hulu? We'll find out if we have any thoughts on it as far as any good, any bad. We'll talk about that coming up here in a bit. Plus also as well, She-Hulk episode 6, as she stated, It's a standalone episode, so we'll talk about the big wedding day. Not for her, but it is nonetheless a episode six for She-Hulk, and that we'll talk about, plus our fall movie preview, part one, where we'll talk about some of the movies we're excited for that's coming out in the next couple months. We'll talk about that, plus some Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon. That's coming up on the show as well. But my friend, enough babbling by me. I need to hear your thoughts on this as far as the anticipation that you have as a Star Wars fan in regards to Andor, which dropped the first three episodes this week on Disney+. Plus. I have caught them. I have some general thoughts. I'm not going to go into spoilers because I know there's a lot of people out there who haven't caught it yet. But I know you and Robbie were talking about it because Robbie spoke to me last week, his concerns on it. I know you two driving along in the car somewhere in Henderson, Nevada, we're probably talking about it. So tell me your thoughts as far as Star Wars and or that's now on Disney Plus.
1: We have, oh gosh, we're so concerned that it might not be what we want it to be that we're really dragging on actually sitting down and watching the show. So you're telling me there's nothing really to worry about, that it's pretty good.
0: I'm going to tell you right now that as someone who has seen the first three episodes, overall, I can say that it is pretty good. I'm not going to say it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. I'm not going to say it's the greatest thing as far as the Star Wars universe goes. Mandalorian season two was pretty darn good. I think that was a little bit notch above, but the thing that this series in its first three episodes does differently than what, almost any of the Disney plus episodes from anything Marvel or Star Wars related has done is that it's taking its time in telling its story. The first three episodes. And I just, just right after watching it, I just remarked to myself that, wow, I think they could have in a normal situation with another series, like she hulk for instance, would have crammed all the things that they did in the first three episodes and the time that they took to flesh out the story the backstory of Andor himself and what's going on in the five years before the Battle of Yavin in which the events of Rogue One takes place. They flesh it out. They're fleshing it out. They're talking about what's going on in his world at that time. And if this was She-Hulk, they would have crammed it all in one episode or an episode and a half. And they didn't. They chose to go ahead and flesh it out. Now this series is actually going to be a little bit longer. It's 12 episodes long. So that's in his favor. So they could manage to do that this time around. So I also want to say that when it comes to Star Wars versus Marvel, and that's and this includes the Book of Slobafett, yeah, <laughs> the, right. Bo- the Book of Boba Fett, and of course what we've seen with Mandalorian and all that, I really think that the Star Wars sides of things takes more time and care in the little things and the detail and the world and the universe, it's trying to create than what Marvel does. I think a lot of the CGI, a lot of the escapism that you have, it really is so much more involving. It's so much more detailed as far as the series concern. Now, if we were talking about movies, that's all bits are off on that because depending on the Marvel movie, you could really get something that's well done. Or, and then you can also get Love and Thunder, which was shot in front of a CGI screen. Yeah, all the all these things are you know that we're seeing these days are shot in front of the CGI screens. But it's the level of which you get to go ahead and and blend that in to make it look realistic. I think is more so done extremely well on the Star Wars television side than the Marvel television side. I mean, I see a lot of things in Marvel. It's just, oh, it just kind of like makes me shake my head sometimes. She-Hulk herself, as far as digitally captured, is not very well done at times. She seems very floaty. I understand there's been the, the talk as far as the how Marvel distributes its, uh, I guess, work to special effects houses all over the world. And they want to rush it out. And obviously, we get a rush product at times. But I just think right now that the Star Wars series, especially with this one, takes more time and detail in enveloping you in their universe whether or not it's a good or a bad story within that universe it just does a better job of doing just that
1: yeah that's and that's really refreshing to hear because it seems like so much of it is just hurry up and get to the finish line and mm. you know episode it, it, of the
0: week done episode of the week done
1: exactly yeah and uh, so it's uh i'm excited to be able to sit down and and watch a story unfold instead of you know sitting down and you know, hanging on to the arms of the chair for dear life while you kind of warp speed through a story. Well, the
0: thing is with it, though, it's gotten pretty good reviews so far. It's gotten about 75 on Metacritic, so that's pretty good as far as... Yeah, I'll take it. you know, that's, that's right where Rogue One was thought of as far as, even though Rogue One is considered one of the better of the movies of the recent times for the Star Wars series, it's pretty much right in that range as far as what people think of it. So it fits right along with that theme. I think Stellan Skarsgård is pretty good from the limited time we've seen him so far. He is going to play a major role in the birth of the rebellion. So this is a right. character; it's a new character that was created for the series, but he is going to become one of the individuals responsible for the birth of the rebellion, along with you know more of the major faces that you see in that are well known to you from Star Wars, Rogue One, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, that you've already seen before, which you will see in the series. So. I'm looking forward to seeing what Stellan Skarsgård will do. I'm looking forward to seeing what Diego Luna will continue to, do to develop that character. Even though this is my major complaint with this series, okay. is that you're doing all this work, you're doing all this this great storytelling, this detailed storytelling, this backstory, and all that, when we all know what the eventual outcome for Diego Luna's character Andor, Cassian Andor, eventually is. And if you've seen Rogue One, you know that is that it's not a good ending for him. Right. I would have loved if they did this series with the same type of format, same type of concept, even everything right down to the exact same story with a new character in it. If they did that, I think I would have been really just put me over the edge as far as how good it is, because it reminds me so much then of The Mandalorian, because I don't know where The Mandalorian story will go. I don't know where his ending will be. We don't know because he's totally been made up from scratch and he's going to go ahead and become a major part of the Star Wars universe going forward because of it. I would have loved the fact that this story in this world be done in a fashion with a character, a lead character that I don't know ultimately what the end will be for when I already know what's going to happen to this character in in Rogue One.
1: Let's can I just draw a parallel between Star Wars and Vampires and Vitay for a moment. Will you okay. indulge me? I will indulge. Okay. 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 So right now with Vampires and Vitay, we have a cast member, Tyler, who has a new job and because of that new job has had to step away and he's going to be gone for about two months before he comes back. So what we're doing is we're going back into season one and we're telling the story of what happened to the quote-unquote A-team that was working with Trevor Windsor, another character that were trying to save the world. What we know is that the A-team doesn't make it. So we're in the same situation where we're telling the story of these characters who we already know at the end of eight, maybe nine weeks, maybe 10, we might be able to squeeze another week out. We don't know. Where, yeah, exactly. Where we already know what's going to happen to these characters, no matter what we do as players, we already know what the end end game, I guess, <laughs> um, is going to be. And it's it's kind of freeing in a way when you're looking at your episode structure and you're you're building to that climax of the death of these characters. So I I think that uh, it may not lend itself to, you know, a complete season for us for Vampires in Vitae, but it's still an intriguing story to tell, I think. And I think it's still an important story to tell. So uh, I just, I I guess in a very selfish, introspective, completely self-important even way, I guess I'm drawing a parallel perhaps a little bit to, to the way the story is being told in Star Wars with this current series and the way that we're trying to handle it in Vampires and Vitae. I guess I'm seeing a parallel there. I get where they're coming from. And as much as it would be great to have, you know, a new hero uh, for us to cheer for in the Star Wars universe, sometimes your heroes that you need aren't the ones that make it. Well, that's true.
0: And I can understand that. But it just seems to me that this story and the time and investment that they make into it, I mean, it's great that they already have uh, you know, everything set up in this universe that was already done or already relating to Rogue One. Tony Gilroy, who's obviously the individual that took over the Rogue One project and made it to what it is, and it made it the movie, and it made over a billion dollars at the box office and was a great success. They gave him a Disney carte blanche to create this backstory for Diego Luna's character. I get it and I understand it, but it's something I still for me I cannot totally buy in, not a hundred percent buy in. I like it, I really like it, but I totally cannot one hundred percent buy in simply because I know ultimately what this character's doom will ultimately be. And it just seeing the Mandalorian, whose future you do not know what will be, alighting alongside of it as far as their top Star Wars series is all about. I mean, you, you that's a fascinating part. You don't know where Mandalorian is going to go. You don't know who he's going to interconnect with. You don't know what the future of the Mandalorian will be. Whereas with Diego Luna's character, you can stretch this out for a season, for two seasons, three seasons, but eventually you're going to have to get to the point where the elements of Rogue One start sprinkling in and the start of Rogue One begins.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, too, that... Nope, I've lost my train of thought. There it is. Just... Shoop gone oh, yeah it was it was it was profound and insightful though okay. let me tell you it was impressive <laughs> probably the best thing i've ever said on the show and it's just okay. gone i don't know uh, yeah. there's
0: been some good stuff there's been some zingers you know if you ever catch our promos i will just leave it at that she's got some zingers i've already put there on there already. <laughs> The Star Trek pizza one, I think, is an all-time topper on her show. So that goes right along with Josh forgetting that he actually saw Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, that yeah, was, that was that was probably that's probably number one. But your the, the cold pizza is probably very and the Matrix the Matrix yeah. one that we had. Yeah, that, oh, that promo. I I those... love that promo. All those promos so. <laughs> just tells uh, you the fun we have here at the
1: pub. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's what it was. I, see, I, I guess I'm looking. Yeah, I, I guess like I'm looking at it a little bit differently. I'm the kind of person that will read spoilers and then go and watch the episode already <laughs> knowing what's going to happen, and I am so tied to the to what's happening because I'm dying to see how they get there. Darth Vader is Luke's father. <laughs> Right, but that's that's part of it. Like I I love to know what's happening, and I I like the journey, the unknown journey of getting from point A to point B. I enjoy the travel time between the two. So I, I guess that's along. how I'm. I, sometimes
0: it. I like it, sometimes I don't. Sometimes sure. I do what you do. Sometimes I don't. I don't. know. I guess it depends on what type of medium I'm actually looking at, or what type of IP I'm looking at. Sometimes right. I want spoilers. Sometimes I don't. I've told you before that one of the, the reasons why I became a Star Wars fan as it is was when my sister's ex-husband took me at like four o'clock in the morning and grabbed me and said, let's go. And I'm like, what am I doing? Where am I going? <laughs> Next thing I know, I'm in the middle of a line at 11 years old waiting for Empire Strikes Back. And, and, right. and we saw the first day for showing and we go in there and I'm still like, I don't know what's going on. I had seen Star Wars on CBS uh, the year <laughs> before, but I really did I really didn't connect net yet with it because I'm still I was only 10 years old at the time. So was right. like okay. Yeah. But I got in that theater and my gosh, the people were just ooing and awing, and I'm just looking look, half the time I'm looking at the screen, and half the time I'm just looking around at what's going on. Then all of a sudden they dropped the bombshell that nobody absolutely nobody in this yeah. jam-packed theater saw coming yeah. with Darth Vader. And everybody was screaming. There was crying. And I'm just <laughs> sitting around here. I'm, I'm in the middle of about 150 adults and, and kids and, and all that just crying and weeping and screaming bloody murder. And no, 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 no. And I'm just going, this is awesome. This is <laughs> And then I come out of the uh, theater with my sister's ex-husband and I see this line that stretches over a mile long, literally, and I'm not telling you like this as an old man, literally back in the days when we went to theaters, there were mile long lines to go see Star Wars movies, and I understood then what it meant to be a Star Wars fan, so... I have a great appreciation for the series. I've seen all the mediums as far, as far as Star Wars is concerned, as far as all the major movies and television series. I think this place, in, as far as where Star Wars and or is right now, starts off on a good trek. I think that it, it does a lot better job of giving you the slow burn than what we're seeing from the book of Slobo Fett. I mean, the pacing is very similar to Boba Fett, but what it's trying to feed you as far as information is more compelling than once you get by the first 15 minutes of Boba Fett and he comes out of the Sarlacc pit and then he tries to tell the rest of the story. This is much more compelling, much more interesting. The characters are much more intriguing for the most part. So I'm looking forward to seeing next what we see from Star Wars Andor.
1: Yeah, great. Now that I have your seal of approval, I won't feel bad about firing it up and staying up a little bit too late to watch tv <laughs> well again i
0: think robbie's concerns because he said he heard that the advanced reviews were very poor on it and what i'm seeing now for the critics is like pretty good that's like right. i said 75 on metacritic overall so uh, yeah. you know if you have any questions for me on it or you know you robbie anybody else out there if you want to go ahead and hit me up absolutely pop culture cosmos or pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com Thanks for checking out the PCC, you know, the pop culture cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. For the latest news and information, analysis, and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. But there's still much more to talk about on today's show, my friend have you got a chance to see Reboot on Hulu or hear about Reboot on Hulu, which actually is a parody of a show being rebooted after so many years, featuring (laughs) a lot of crazy characters that are reprising their roles from back in the day. And just, it's more of a satire of Hollywood than anything else. A lot of people are on the fence about it as far as really being good, as far as the cast is concerned. They're up in arms as far as deciding whether or not it's going to actually work out as a show but any thoughts on reboot from hulu
1: okay so just to be clear because i am canadian we're not talking about the sci-fi cartoon from the 90s
0: no no we're just talking about the brand new series that's on hulu right now that debuted this week. so
1: like the incredible character of hexadecimal is not going to be in this one nor megabyte nor dot matrix
0: Hulu does have a lot of anime so you never know so that could be the case but
1: okay, i don't no, but think i don't think like, this when you when you send me the message you're like we need to talk about reboot i was like yeah we're going to talk about reboot okay so something completely different i don't think
0: Johnny Knoxville was on the version of reboot that you're thinking of That's oh no thing.
1: definitely not definitely not
0: yeah so but he is in this version And it's something, again, it's supposed to be a sitcom. It's supposed to be poking fun at the television industry as far as making a reboot. We get it. But so far, you know, the the reviews are okay on it. It's just something I think that people need to check out for. Hulu's been under the radar as far as, you know, a lot of good stuff. They did bring back the Orville. They did, of course, have the season two of their hit series, Only Murders in the Building. So Hulu, which is rumored, as I Told you way back when, maybe getting closer to a love fest with Disney Plus, and may become part of a merger. That's what was hinted at around D twenty three by Bob Chapek. So, hoping for it. I mean, Hulu, you've enjoyed for so many years. You've been yeah. a, a great customer. There's what really gets you when it comes to Hulu.
1: Oh gosh, I, 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 honestly, I, I can't quite put my finger on it. Uh, Sometimes, I mean, I no, no,
0: anime is is on there.
1: Robbie and I do watch a lot of anime, (laughs) probably more than we should as grown adults, but I have the same level of ease navigating Hulu as I do navigating Netflix. And that's really important to me. I, I don't like to have to try to figure out how to get around in, you know, one of these streaming services and, and Hulu just makes it simple for me to understand where I am and where I'm trying to get to. I also love that they have what we do in the shadows. I adore that show. I'm always going to have a soft spot for it. I think it just seems to have a lot of like, maybe even offbeat stuff is what I'm looking for. It just seems to to satisfy that quirky need that I have in, in a lot of my entertainment.
0: Well, there you go. And reboot right now is a show and it's not, a,
1: it's not an actual
0: reboot, but it's a television series that's trying to go ahead and poke fun at the industry poking fun at themselves on reboots. So go ahead and give it a chance. Check it out on Hulu. Please let us know your thoughts on it. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. But we still have more to talk about when it comes to She-Hulk. She-Hulk has been something that's been underway. It's in episode six right now on Disney Plus, which just got the big boost from Star Wars Andor. She-Hulk, I have been kind of flat on. I thought Tatiana Maslany is going to be a great part of the MCU. I'm not going to dissuade anybody on her performance or her character. I think once you get her in the movies, making movies, being part of that bigger scope, plus also the CGI that will be much better for her She-Hulk character than it is right now in the TV series. I think it's going to be outstanding for the most part this season. This series has been kind of flat, especially the fact that, you know, they don't really tell much of, you know, stories. It's just whatever case it is for the week. Let's get through it. Let's get by the end of the episode and done. This week was a little bit different. And she tells you up front in the fourth wall that she actually is going to go deal with a wedding where she's part of a bridesmaid party. And basically it's more of about, again, how sorry we must feel for Jennifer Walter's character. And the fact that Titania crashes the party once again, leading to another altercation between those two. And if you've seen it, you already know how it goes. But basically it was just a, a side episode as called out by Jennifer Walters at the beginning of the episode, your thoughts on it. I think it's a little bit of a letdown for people because the fact that even she says it's a, at the beginning, it's a slow down the momentum. It's a change in momentum for what people were thinking was going to happen because People were thinking that, oh, Daredevil, we're going to get him this episode. Nope, we didn't get to see Daredevil. I know a lot of people are excited for that. They're holding it off for the last minute, seems like. But your thoughts on She-Hulk this season so far?
1: I was reading a couple of things today, and some people were complaining about her breaking the fourth wall and saying that she does. That's
0: you read the comic books. Hello.
1: Absolutely, but I, you know, some people were complaining about it and saying that it should be something that is saved strictly only for Deadpool. That it's kind of his shtick. It's his thing. It's what he does. She,
0: did, she got it first, actually. Yeah, yeah.
1: right. So um, we can just let that lay exactly where we just left it. That's fine. I'm but. just gonna
0: say this. I mean, I'm not even a comic book aficionado, but
1: yeah. as
0: as Josh, her comic book aficionado, says, and actually, you can look this up. She did it first.
1: Yeah. It so it's a fun series to watch because I I have to admit I'm not completely caught up with it, but I i have enjoyed watching it and I've enjoyed seeing like Hulk. <laughs> like their their uh their twosome there in the beginning was was entertaining that to first watch. episode I was
0: really good. Absolutely. So good.
1: Yeah. I'm excited to to pick it back up and get back into it. I just haven't had time to be honest. So shame on me for that. But no I, I've enjoyed it. I, I'm enjoying the uh the I don't want to say different take on a, a Marvel character. Cause I don't think it's a different take. I think it's i uh, uh, I don't even think it's a new approach, but there is something that feels different about this series. I can't quite put my finger on exactly what it is, but no, I I've enjoyed it. I like it.
0: No I, I enjoy,
1: and I enjoy characters breaking the fourth wall. Do that all the time. Let me in on the gag. I love it.
0: Uh, again, she Hulk, her character in the comics did it first just because yeah. Deadpool's obviously achieved the success in the movies that it that it has. Sorry, just letting everybody know She-Hulk did it first. I'm yeah. interested to see when She-Hulk and Deadpool finally get together on screen. The first thing they do will be to break the fourth wall together. I can't wait for that.
1: Yeah, I imagine it'll be a moment of talking over each other and then it'll be like, no, you go first. No, you go first. I don't know. If I, if I was writing it, that's what I would do. I would just have it be a moment of pure silliness.
0: But She-Hulk, again, for me after the first episode really hit on all cylinders I really think it went, for me not Mm -hmm. very much in the way of uh, entertaining me like I said, very flat until this episode, which actually was a good turn for because it didn't focus on just the standard run-of-the-mill, ha-ha case of the week that they really wanted to go ahead and and delve into for 28 minutes and then move on I think that now that she is going to hopefully finish out the series or the season very strong, hopefully because you have some of the things that have been shown off in the trailers already with a confrontation with Daredevil on the way. And we don't even really know 100% who the ultimate bad guy in this series is because at the end of it, there's a mysterious figure that's still trying to get blood from She-Hulk that reappears. You don't know exactly who it is at the end of this episode to leaving you at a kind of cliffhangery thing that I know Josh doesn't exactly like at the end of every episode, leaving a cliffhanger, but they did leave one. But right. I, I think that the best is yet to come for this series. So I'm looking forward to that part of it because I've gone through a lot of slog
1: mm-hmm.
0: in order to get to the good stuff. So that's what I'm hoping to do in She-Hulk.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. And I don't think that you're alone in that, to be
0: honest. We'll definitely see what happens with She-Hulk. But if you believe what's going on with she-hulk you'll see the marvelous daredevil coming up in the near future but what are your thoughts on she-hulk through six episodes let us know your thoughts pop cosmos at yahoo.com okay wait wait i i can go invisible right because this is this is the absolute worst you can so,
1: certainly try
0: okay so that is um uh, that's uh obver, obver ob- 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 <laughs> ob- nation it's
1: obfuscation roll your dice
0: okay I didn't get anything over a five, but that can- You
1: are still naked. Oh, God. The music stops and everyone is looking directly at you, judging.
0: Oh, God, this is-
1: The Prince of the City looks very disappointed in you.
0: Okay, this is worse than the dreams that I have about being naked at work. There has to be something that I can do.
1: Vampires in Invite, a Vampire the Masquerade actual play podcast, season two to Pop Culture Cosmos.
0: Well, my friend, there's still much more to talk about on today's episode. Before we head to the GTA leaks and our talk on Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon, I wanted to go ahead and drop some information on there for everyone out there. I wanted to go ahead and let everybody know that it's time now for part one of our fall movie preview movies, 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 because you know what this week, fall equinox, already heading into fall, summer's over. It's now time for the fall movie season and It starts this weekend with two movies on the plate that I'm sure you've heard much about and you know much about. The first one being the 109th re-release of Avatar, which is now out and available again in theaters, which is going to make a ton of money and make Josh Peterson even more angry because it's going to distance itself even further from Avengers Endgame as the number one movie of all time. And believe me, it doesn't please me either. And I know the girls have already told me they want to see it again. So oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> As I always say, some of the worst moments of my life were at the was the three hour wait in Avatar Land for an Avatar ride that we did in, in world, Disney World. But you know, hey, people love Avatar around the world. So you know what? Hey, it's going to happen again. And of course, we've got Avatar. It's just basically a two hour commercial for avatar the sequel so are you excited to go ahead and relive the magic of avatar once again
1: no uh, you and me both and i'm, I'm true i'm truly not i i'm you know i'm so far distanced from the movie and all of the you know technological stuff and all of the special effects that they were able able to achieve you know for that first time when we saw them and we were all super impressed I'm just not excited for this re-release. I'm also not excited for the next movie. I'm just, I'm so far past it all, honestly.
0: As my good friend, Mr. Rob McCallum, director of so many great features and docuseries has stated that he thinks Avatar is popular with the fan base that's out there, popular with the general audience, but it does not have that cultural footprint that remains with people. Like I could say when I was running Halloween shops within by 2011, 2012, they were clearancing out all the blue avatar Halloween suits because nobody wanted, absolutely nobody wanted to go ahead and have anything to do with avatar yet. Re-release after re-release, it still makes money around the world. People resonate with that movie so much. I don't understand why I've seen it Uh, outside of Stephen Lang's brilliant Evil performance in this flick, which is absolutely the reason why this movie is actually anywhere near good, is be okay. I get the special effects at the time they were cutting edge, but Stephen Lang's brilliant performance is the only thing that keeps this movie together for two hours. Absolutely, choose all the scenery in this movie. Does he? He does.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've just i i'm I just don't care anymore. (laughs) I I really don't. And it's I'm sorry.
0: You know, I'm t- telling you right now, he's got, he's got more. He's got Avatar, Avatar 2's done. Avatar 3's already in the can. He's working on 4 and 5. Sorry.
1: Yeah. Sorry. It's just going to be a series that I just don't uh, partake in, I'm afraid.
0: Well, uh, there you go. I-, I wish I could not partake in it, but you know, I have to check it out because that's what I do. And you know, that's also what everybody in the house wants to see. So I got outvoted once again. So I'm going to be checking out the (laughs) Avatar, actually re-release, the Avatar re-release that's coming this weekend, along with a movie that has had a very troubled pre, I guess, uh, opening to it ever since. Oh, man. Yeah, I I tell you what. I mean, the movie says, don't worry, darling. But I would worry, darling, because Olivia Wilde's next directorial movie, with Chris Pine and Harry Styles and Florence Pugh. It looks like a great cast. Unfortunately, the Vance Metacritic word on it is actually right now listed at a 48. So the Vance Critic word is not that good, Uh, but it's supposed to because the name talent, it's been everybody was talking about the inside feuds going on, Shia LaBeouf, was he fired or what did he quit? Did Harry Styles actually spit on... Chris Pine, what's Florence Pugh and Olivia Wilde? Are they feuding? Do they not like each other? The whole thing that's going on between this movie, I think, is helped keeping it in the limelight, but it's not exactly for all the best reasons.
1: No, and that's, I think, something that Hollywood is going to have to come to grips with at some point, and that is that people care about what's happening on the movie sets. People really do. And they're going to show that they care with their dollars. And, you know, I I don't anticipate this movie doing a whole lot. I I watched the trailer again today, and I, I was doing everything that I could to stay objective about it because, like you, I've been following all of the drama that's been surrounding it. And it absolutely looks like a movie that I would normally be interested in watching. But because you know so much about, the infighting and things that happened on the set and, you know, since with the promotion of the film and stuff like that, it just sours the whole experience to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. Uh, I, uh, yeah. And it just seems like right now that there's so much behind the scenes going on that it's actually damaging the film and it's coming out this weekend. It's supposed to start out a limited release, but it's be expanded to a wide audience and wide theater set in the coming weeks. But this movie was thought to be leading into it. It's supposed to have all this great buzz and supposed to be some Academy Award buzz going in. But mm-hmm. by the end of the year, everybody will probably forget about this movie. And that's a shame because, again, a loaded cast. What seemingly on the surface, if you looked at the trailers, would have been a really good story to follow. Yeah. Outside of Florence Pugh, I don't see many performances in there offhand head that are being talked about in a positive light. So, yeah, I just really see at this point in time that this was a, a movie that had all the right premise going in, but unfortunately, due to many outside reasons, it's going to miss the mark.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, some of the stuff that I'm hearing about Terry Styles as an actor doesn't really make me super excited about going and seeing him on the big screen. So. Shh, be careful I know. what you say about it. I know, I know I know I know I know I am so sorry please uh I, you know I love watermelon sugar it's a great song but I just I'm I'm and it's not me it's not my opinion it's just what I've been hearing and what I've been I reading. like
0: music from a sushi restaurant myself yeah. the <laughs> apple song as they call <laughs> right. it yeah so that's that's my personal fave but right? you know I, i'm gonna say it out there the critics have not been kind to harry style's performance they have and, not at all yeah so yeah. people just got it. sorry harry Styles fans i know that's not not great to go ahead and call him out on that but i'm just reading what they're telling me and tell they're telling me that his performance is not great i know we'll catch it at some point in time just because i want to see what this car crash known as a movie is all about and see all the stuff that went on behind the scenes how it portrayed itself on film so Can't wait to go ahead and see it at some point in time. That's Don't Worry Darling coming out this weekend. Coming up in the next few weeks, anything going on starting with October the 7th, you've got Amsterdam with Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, and John David Washington, three of the most, I guess, successful actors of the past five, ten years. And somehow this movie is still going under the radar. I'm kind of concerned that this movie is not going to get the kind of love that maybe it deserves. It just seems like I've seen a trailer, seen another trailer, but compared to the drama, and obviously you don't want the drama behind the scenes that Don't Worry Darling has, but it's gotten a lot of pub because of it. I've just seen nothing that's come out in regards to any good word or buzz when it comes to Amsterdam.
1: Yeah, I haven't honestly heard anything, really. And believe me, uh, there are days when I I don't have time to really like scour the internet looking for information. So if it's not popping up in you know one of the quick updates that I get sent to my phone, I might not even know that the movie is coming. So yeah. it's definitely one that could probably benefit maybe from a little bit of drama behind the scenes,
0: <laughs> maybe. But uh, these three individuals that are together that make a pact, and it leads to them as far as from wartime. Back in the World War One to where they were in the 30s where most of the story takes place and a murder that has all three of them in a lot of hot water. So hopefully people will get a chance to check that out and hopefully it'll actually be of a good substance that a lot of critics will like. But we'll see in the coming days and that drops on October 7th. That's the major release right now for that weekend. Also as well, Lyola Law Crocodile an animated comedy that's also going to be starring Javier Bardem and Constance Wu. Go ahead and check that out if you're interested. That's coming October 7th. So hopefully that'll also get some love as well. And just right now, when it comes to what you're seeing, you saw I talked about Amsterdam. I talked about what's going on with Don't Worry Darling. Just nothing is really buzzing until Black Adam. Is that kind of disappointing
1: to you? It is a little bit, yeah, especially because, uh, gosh, and, and Gerald, don't be upset with me, but I feel like Black Adam, as anticipated as it is, and mm-hmm. as much promo dollars as it has behind it, that's probably one that I'm going to make the the decision to wait until it comes to a streaming service to take in and watch. There's not really a reason for that, aside from, I'm. it's just not getting me to the point where I feel like I need to rush out to theaters to be among, you know, the first to see it. I I just don't, it's not hitting me that way. I enjoy the the movies that The Rock has been in, as silly as they have been. I've enjoyed them. I don't know. I just don't have that sense of urgency to uh, rush out to the theaters and see it.
0: Absolutely. And also wanted to mention, also coming out at the end of September is Bros, a different kind of comedy that maybe people will get interested in. Haven't heard that much word on it yet. So hopefully people will go ahead and, and give us word on that, or we'll go ahead and talk more about it. It'll be something that a lot of people will be interested in as well. But when it comes to it, it really is not a whole lot in the plate, which leaves me to believe that Avatar of all the movies, I cannot believe I'm saying this, Avatar <laughs> in 2022 will probably be leading the box office for, at least a couple weeks until we get to the time where Black Adam is going to come out. And that's going to be very disappointing to me if that's the case where it's Avatar, Avatar, Avatar until the 21st of October and Black Adam. That's just going to be, oh, can't believe. Although you never know, Ticket to Paradise with the George Clooney, Julia Roberts type deal, having them appear back on screen again, doesn't look like to me a great premise, but for people that, maybe an older audience that want to go back to relive those days of Clooney and Roberts coming back together again, no matter what type of movie it is. Maybe that will go ahead and gel with audiences when that comes out on October 21st, maybe Halloween ends, which is going to be the final. We think telling for Jamie Lee Curtis and Michael Myers, that's going to come out on the 14th. Do you think Halloween ends coming out on the 14th will actually go ahead and hit as big as the previous halloween reboot movies that have come out in the recent past
1: honestly i hope so i think that this this string of movies deserves to go out with a a bit of a and excuse me for using the term but it deserves to go out with a bit of a bang
0: (laughs) as long as you didn't say it didn't go out with a bit of a stab (laughs) yeah that's (laughs) that's fine (laughs) the other movie I want to really mention before we get again to what's coming up with Black Adam is The Banshees of Inisherin, which is a very, very lauded movie already in film festivals with Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson and Barry Keegan. I think that if you get a chance, you might want to go ahead and search this movie out. I have a feeling it's a gut feeling. But from what I'm seeing so far, this is getting a lot of buzz as a potential Oscar contender.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Yes. So check out the trailers of The Banshees of Inisherin. Two lifelong friends, is the description, find themselves in an impasse when one abruptly ends their relationship with alarming consequences for both of them. If you can, go ahead and check it out because I've heard nothing but good things about this as far as advanced screenings. So The Banshees of Inisherin, I'm sure I'm going to get this right when it gets all that Oscar buzz. So please go ahead and at least keep a note of that. Because that comes out October 21st in limited release, along with Ticket to Paradise, Black Adam obviously will take that weekend. But a movie such as The Banshees of Inisherin will be one of those movies I think a lot of people will be talking about in the best of this year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You'll have you'll have the people who are uh, you know obviously going to go see uh, the Black Adam flick right away. And then you're going to have people who are like, ah, you know what? That theater looks kind of full. Let's check out this movie, this Banshee movie, and see what that's about. And I have a feeling that they're going to pull a little bit of audience that way.
0: That's true. Or Ticket to Paradise with Clooney and Roberts. You never know. They still have name value, those two. So, and especially them together, I think that it'll do some good as far as at the box office. But, of course, leading into what we're going ahead and seeing on the 21st is Black Adam for October your thoughts on Black Adam before we move on. You said you're really not into Black Adam at this point in time. I'm excited for it, especially the fact that I think it's going to be one of the biggest movies of the fall season.
1: Yeah, the, I like, please don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm aware that it's going to be a huge movie. I believe that it's going to be a huge movie. I don't know if I'm starting to get, which I never thought that I would, a, a little bit of the superhero fatigue. I don't know if I just need, you know, a minute away from the superhero movies uh in order to get that kind of excitement and wonderment back and and that sense of urgency that I have to go see the movie right away. But like I said, I I enjoy the rock. I've enjoyed Dwayne Johnson in just about all of the movies that he's done. I don't expect to be disappointed with him in Black Adam. I I can't ex- I can't really put my finger on exactly what it is that's making me kind of drag my heels a little bit on uh You know the the excitement of going to see the movie. I really think it really could just be a symptom of maybe a little bit of superhero fatigue.
0: You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, I will say again that I think that Black Adam, because of the fact that there's not a whole lot of upfront top tier AAA movies that are around that time. In fact, like I said, it could very easily be just Avatar and Halloween ends being the competition for Black Adam at that point in time, unless you consider Ticket to Paradise. I don't think Ticket to Paradise is going to do as well as a Clooney-Roberts movie once did, but there's still an right. audience for it. I'll go yeah. ahead and say that right up top of the bat. I, we'll see what happens, but getting into November, before we head to the break, I want to go ahead and mention that Amsterdam does go wide. It goes a limited release until November the 4th when it goes wide, so hopefully that will give people a chance to go ahead and see it by then. They'll hear the buzz if it's a good movie, if it's an Oscar contender. I really think that if it does play well it could be a surprise hit that's out there but once we get into november i guess right now we're just seeing as far as what could be i think we're waiting for after black adam we're waiting for black
1: panther yeah that's essentially it yeah With and conda forever yeah and you know i just was talking about superhero fatigue truly looking forward to the new black panther movie i i'm so invested in in the the story I'm excited to see how they're going to handle everything with that movie. I'm just, I'm very much looking forward to it. I can't wait to see the second Black Panther movie.
0: How they handle the death of Chadwick Boseman and yeah. and how they'll go ahead forward with the Black Panther character. Most people have already summated that Letitia Wright's character will be taking over in the form of Black Panther. As a sister, she did it in the comics, so... I think that's probably what most people are thinking. It looks like it's him being hit to that. That's going to be the case. I would have preferred Lupita Nyong'o. I think her character, now that unfortunately due to the death of Chadwick Boseman, his characters, uh, you know, not being there will probably give her, would have given her much more to do. Because, right. you know, without him. You know How effective can she be on screen? But we'll see. I'm hoping they'll give her a lot to do because I really enjoyed her character as well. So we'll see. Letitia Wright, I mean, she's a, she's a great actress and she's been really funny with her character on screen. But the thing is, will putting on the suit of Black Panther make her character uh, somewhat, um, how should I say? Because her character is so enjoyable to watch by herself without having to necessitate putting on the Black Panther mantra. But you know what? Again, I'm not Kevin Feige. He's already made the decision. The movie's already on the way. But again, your thoughts on Black Panther before we head on out.
1: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. And I feel like the character could easily still be the character that we have enjoyed to this point with her sense of humor and her point of view on a lot of the stuff that she does. And then be able to put on the Black Panther suit keep a little bit of that humor, but take on that tone of seriousness. I think that she can definitely pull that off. I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll see what happens, but I'm, I'm excited and I'm expecting nothing but great things.
0: As am I, my friend, as am I. But what are your thoughts on the movies coming this month, October and part of November, leading up to Black Panther, Wakanda Forever? I'm looking forward to both Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. I'm looking also forward to Black Adam, I'm also looking forward to some of the movies under the radar that we mentioned on this show so far. So please take a look out for some of the movies that we mentioned, please, because there's some good stuff that could be coming very soon to a theater near you. What are your thoughts on the movies coming this fall to movie theaters? Please let us know your thoughts. Cosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, my friend, we're almost out of here. Another great episode in the books. But before we head on out, I wanted to mention that Josh Peterson and I We'll be covering part two, which is the rest of November and all of December. That's coming up on the back end of the show, coming up on Monday. Plus, we'll be talking about more Lord of the Rings and so much more. So go ahead and check that out on the Monday show. But before we head on out, my friend, GTA. Oh my gosh. Mm. GTA 6 and Rockstar, everybody knows that's in development. It's going to be on the way sometime in the well, seemingly distant future, probably 2024, 2025, because they still make a ton of money off of GTA 5 and GTA 5 Online. But this week, or this past weekend, some unfortunate news as some footage, in fact, a lot of footage, in fact, about uh, 90 shots of footage were leaked to the internet as far as gameplay footage is concerned. And it does confirm that there will be, for the first time ever in GTA, a female protagonist. Mm -hmm. Fighting alongside, I think in a co-op fashion, a male protagonist and sort of almost like a Bonnie and Clyde thing is what has been mentioned so far. I think also as well that you do get a return to Vice City, which I don't know what time period it's in. Nobody seems to know exactly for sure what time period it's in. I think they covered it already and a great job of doing it in the 80s, covering that Vice City area. I think they should have gone somewhere else. I would have loved a Europe, Europe GTA. That would have been very, very cool. In fact, I mean, they're overseas anyways for most of their studios in Rockstar who who are working on GTA. Would have been a natural. Your thoughts on the leaks, unfortunate as they are, and some of the things that came out of it. I've not seen any of the footage. I do not want to see any of the footage because I know it's not finished. It's not what actually what Rockstar was intending to show me. So I have no desire to see it. But your thoughts on the leaks on GTA.
1: I have on Twitter come across a couple of stills okay, from well, it. Okay, and, was... yeah, you know, and people are being really harsh and really hard on the animation and, and the way that things look. And I'm like, we're still two years out it's <laughs> not finished. From them. It's not even close to being finished. So it's fine, relax. It's going to be okay, I promise.
0: What are your thoughts up there on Grand Theft Auto and the leaks that came out online? Did you like what you saw? Well, unfortunately, it's probably not exactly what you're going to be seeing coming two years around, but let us know your thoughts. Was it okay for this stuff to leak? Does it change your opinion at all on buying the next GTA? Let us know your thoughts. Popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. My friend, yes, it has been a great episode, but before you head on out, you wanted to talk some doo doo do do doo 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 Game of Thrones.
1: Yeah. House
0: of the Dragon. I know Jeff Sabota from the MCU's Bleeding Edge, who's going to be on the show in a couple of weeks after She Hulk ends, talked to me about it. And he was surprised by my answer. I've been saying all along that it's okay. I'm not hating it. Right. I think it checks the boxes. I think the HBO producers behind us were extremely intelligent by saying, we're just going to go ahead and check the boxes for all Game of Thrones stuff that people are interested in. that's why it's getting 29 million people each week from across all the platforms watching it each and every week. Is there relations in it? Yes. Is there a lot of violence and gore? Yes. Is there a lot of political intrigue. We're going to do that to the max. It checks all the boxes. I just yeah. think though, when you have a series that only two people are being talked about on the show, I find that to be a problem long-term because one of the best parts of Game of Thrones, the series, was the fact that there were so many characters people followed and enjoyed. I don't see the same thing happening here right now.
1: It's another straw that is being pulled from what we're seeing going on with the new Star Wars series and what we're seeing going on with Season 1.5 of Vampires and Invitae, where we already know what the end is pretty much going to be and there's not really a whole lot they can do to really deviate from that because of the way that this universe lord of the rings has, the rings of Cameron power Throws is set up exactly yeah right like we we already kind of know but i also think that this may be a bit of a slow burn and yes i know everybody is talking about you know the two characters that everybody is talking about right now but i don't think that you should count out the queen yet Allison. She is going to have an awful lot to do here in the next couple of episodes. And I think that she's going to become a major player. And I'm going to say it just in the Game of Thrones universe and and the next heir and and all of that stuff. I think she's going to be very important. Viserys, sticking to his decision in naming Renea, naming her heir, I think that him sticking to his guns has been interesting. All of that kind of stuff. There's a lot about it to enjoy. And maybe you're being a little nitpicky, Gerald.
0: I mean, obviously, she and Damon, Prince Damon, are the ones that people are talking about. It just seems obviously, to yeah. that those two... I, I don't see anybody talking about anyone else, especially even the poor king. The king is like all over the show, and nobody wants to talk about him at all. So I find that a little bit disappointing as far as that's concerned. But I think it's okay. I, I'm not having a bad time. I just think it's okay. It yeah. checks the boxes. I just think that people are when they're saying that it's great, it's great, fascinating. I'm happy for them when they think that because I want them to enjoy it. Obviously 29 million people a week across the platforms thinks it's great. Yeah. HBO is, is really licking its chops on it. That's great for them. I'm happy for them. Again, I just think that they found a formula. They know it works yeah. and they found enough time has elapsed from the bad taste that was left in everybody's mouth from season eight of game of Thrones That taste has actually gone down. The palate's already been swallowed. It's already gone. And they want to taste and a hunger again for Game of Thrones. They've got their Game of Thrones. It doesn't really have to do too much to get all these fans back in because it's giving them what they want.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that the jump in time that we're about to see on this coming episode, it could change your mind. It could take everything and ramp everything up. Who knows, right?
0: who knows indeed i'm hoping yeah. i'm hoping so i'm hoping so i
1: think that we have met the great uh let me see how many greats does it need to be is it great great or great 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 grandfather of john snow I, I feel like we've met him
0: i feel like we have indeed as well so yeah we'll see but it is game of thrones house of the dragon are you enjoying it because i know a lot of people are. i'm reading online that they're really ecstatic about it they're saying latest episode really has been a good one for them. I really thought it was the, one of the better episodes of the series so far. I think mm-hmm. it's starting to ramp up, maybe get a little bit better for me. But overall, the series has been okay. Yeah. I know with Melinda, it's been pretty good. And I hope it's been pretty good for you as well. But what are your thoughts on Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon? Please let us know. Cosmos and Yahoo.com. Well, my friend, always appreciate you being on the episode. Glad to have you back in the catbird seat. Any last thoughts before we head on
1: out? If you hear us talk about vampires and Vitae all the time and you're like, oh God, there are 34 episodes in. I don't want to go back and go through that many episodes. Check out this little mini campaign that we're doing while Tyler is away getting settled into his new job. We've got four pretty interesting characters, which were introduced during the live stream last week. The podcast drops tomorrow. So it's going to be a great opportunity for you to jump into the Vampires and Vitae universe. You can go through these eight episodes with us. And if you dig it, you're more than obviously welcome to stay throughout the rest of season two. And obviously very strongly encouraged to go back and get yourself caught up with the first half of the season.
0: That's Vampires and Vitae, wherever you get your podcasts. So from Melinda Barkhouse-Ross, this is Gerald Glassroom. It's another beautiful day right here in paradise in the P-C-C multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard.